Unfucked, and we're back because things are still fucked. I'm Gunner. That's Lap. How you doing? Good, good, brother. How are you? Man, I'm making it. Uh, had one of those long days. I told you off air. My, my grandparents said those would happen from time to time, but... It's funny when you take a job, they really, they really want you to work. And uh, so. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, damn it. Why can't I get paid for doing nothing? I, I've been trying. I, I, if you find that job, let me know. I'm more angry at my parents for not giving me trust funds and things like that. That's right. That's right. I couldn't. Shouldn't we all get to live off of interest, right? I think so. Some people get to. It's not fair. I didn't even have enough money to go to college, which brings us to our topic today. Student loan debt relief. Um, I'll be honest with you, Laugh. I've been out of the news cycle the past uh, few days focusing on um, my marketing job. But um, I understand Biden wants to forgive a bunch of student debt. I think that'd be a, a good jumping off point for us. Well, he actually announced last week they're doing $20,000 in student loan forgiveness for people who were Pell Grant recipients uh, making under $125,000 a year uh, and up to $10,000 for other federal borrowers under the same income cap. Um, Basically, um, there's, you know, uh, there's the school of thought that coming out of uh, one side of the camp, basically, hey, this is a good start. Uh, There's another school of thought. It's made up primarily of Republicans who are like uh, hysterical. The sky is falling. What he did was illegal, unconstitutional, terrible. All those things that they love to say whenever – Anybody who's not a millionaire or a billionaire gets any benefit from the action of the federal government. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have a, a deep contrast between our two sides of the same argument. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. And our federal system. Uh, Which is know, so, so rare. It's just a, it's a weird that they would disagree so much. Can't believe it, right? <laughs> so ba- and basically what they're dealing with right now is, is you know, uh, our, our good friend Yertle the Turtle, mm-hmm. uh, he popped his head out of his shell to complain about how egregiously unfair the president's decision was to, to help uh, – you know, a significant portion of uh, student loan borrowers with this uh, plan of action. And he just thought that it was wrong that people who were trapped in student loan debt might get some relief from the federal government. Um, And Elizabeth Warren was quick to point out way back when uh, Abe Lincoln was president, uh, Mitch McConnell went to school for $330 a year. So... (laughs) It's a little bit different world that uh, they're living in than than, uh, the world that that those of us who have student loan debt have found ourselves in. Yes, yes. You're saying he may be somewhat, I'll use your term, divorced from reality. Um, or, and, and the actual facts. And so. the actual facts, yes. Uh, well, there's a couple of problems generally with college in my mind. Of course, I didn't go. I really, I mean, I legitimately couldn't afford it, and taking out student loans was not something I wanted to do. 
Um, you were intelligent enough to avoid that. Trip, <laughs> I was. Yeah, right? that's right. I went and bartended. That, uh, hey, you know, that's, that's it. You can learn all you need to know about life and people pretty much slinging drinks. You right? sure can. You learn more than you want to. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, the average tuition right now, I was talking to someone the other day um, and they told me what it was, but it was just outstanding uh, or uh, outrageous. I should say not outstanding. I, I don't know what the national average is. I guess I should look that up. I'm doing show prep as we're doing the show. Uh, so I'm a professional. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I can tell you from experience that here in our great state, where uh, which continues to remain nameless. Um, That's right. You know, you're, you, you're uh, I, I've, I've dealt with some, some children in college in, in my recent few years. And I can tell you firsthand that uh, total cost of attendance in, in our fair state is uh, – you know, well over twenty thousand dollars a year for the major schools. Um, so for four years, you're looking at uh, almost a uh, almost a hundred thousand dollars. Then, and and probably by the time you buy everything, a hundred thousand dollars is that is that right? Uh, well, I think if you if you take the cost of attendance, uh, you know, cost of attendance are things like a meal plan and and dorm room and and uh, Tuition, books, fees, lots of fees, lots of fees, uh, you know, all kinds of fees. But um, you know that that much is covered. But as we all know, uh, you know, no no college kid goes off to college and stays in their dorm and doesn't go down to you know their their local. Uh, they go to McDonald's see bartenders or Wendy's yeah. or you know. Uh, chicken finger place or a Walmart or a drugstore. Um, And none of those kids uh, don't want to go out and go to a local Mexican restaurant every now and then. And, you know, they all want to drive over, you know, a few towns away for movies or, you know, they want to go on spring break. So I'd say, yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty easy to, um, pretty easy to get to a hundred thousand dollars over the course of four years wouldn't take much work at all yeah and you know they'll take out a credit card or whatever the case may be so uh, yeah i i I just pulled this up this is from northwesternmutual.com uh what is the average cost of a four-year college and you were right on the money the average cost of tuition fees room and board uh this was for the 2019 to 2020 um, time period, $22,180 per year. Uh, so they add that up to about 88, almost, uh, $90,000 for a four year degree. Now so, imagine having, now imagine having three kids in college. Oh my God. I don't, I don't know how people do it now. So that's kind of the point I was going at. I mean, to, they have hiked up the cost of going to college, just and, and yes, they have definitely hiked up the cost of going to college. And I think we mentioned this before when we talked about student loans when this was on the horizon. Um, it's funny how the cost of college uh, began to rise exponentially as uh, student loans were declared to be non-dischargeable in bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they were given status of a super debt that uh, cannot be discharged in bankruptcy without 
uh, meeting an excessively heavy burden. <clears throat> Basically, the cost of attendance just began to spiral up, up, and away. Um, and in my lifetime, uh, you know, uh, I grew up not far from an SEC school campus and had lots of friends that went there and uh, and then had siblings that went there and others that I became friends with through, you know, carousing and gallivanting. That, um, uh, you know, I, I watched over uh, probably a 20-year period. I watched that cost quadruple in 20 years, all during a time when student loans had been legislated into the status of super debt. Mm-hmm. And I certainly don't think that um, people got four times the value for the no. money. No, That's no. for sure. I was just looking up, uh, now I'm on Forbes.com, um, average salary by degree, or uh, it doesn't, you know, uh, specify what major, but this is interesting. Less than a high school diploma is $29,800. High school diploma is $36,600. Uh, some college with no degree, just under $40,000. An associate's degree, $44,000. A bachelor's degree, $59,600. And a master's degree or higher, just under $70,000. Now, $70,000 sounds like a lot of money, but I mean, to go to that much school and for a master's degree, you're certainly going to be in over $100,000 worth of debt, I would think, unless you paid some as you went. So, where's the benefit, you know, unless you go into a... um, into a field where you absolutely have to have college. I mean, I guess that would be my question. It did. Yeah. I mean, I think that you have those people, um, who, you know, if you're seeking a professional degree, then usually a prerequisite is a four year degree. But, um, you know, we have, a, a system now where, um, you know, many professions don't require a four-year degree. Um, some do, but, uh, you know, engineers, for example, require a four-year degree and then passing an engineering test. Accountants uh, can become a CPA by passing something that I hear is worse than the bar exam. Um, mm-hmm. And, of <laughs> and, course, uh, lawyers. You know, <laughs> lawyers uh, need to be... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, but, you know, lawyers have to go through three years of professional school. Uh, you know, accountants can get a four-year accounting degree and go take the CPA exam. They don't have, yeah. to, they don't have a professional school for CPAs. They get, a, get an accounting degree and go study for and pass a test. Um, so, uh, yeah, there are a lot of things to think that could be done and are done and plenty of people very successful without college degrees. Um, you know, um, I heard a professor say in my own class a very long time ago that a college degree simply proves that you can read and comprehend at approximately an eighth grade level and that you are capable of translating what you read and, and comprehended into answers to test questions and, you know, either, uh, written form or the form of answers to questions that are 
multi-state or multi-choice or whatnot. So uh, it's not like most college degrees are giving you some super advanced special knowledge. I would say that in that regards, a lot of technical technical degrees probably give you, uh, you know, special knowledge more so than a lot of your general college degrees. Um, so that's a, that's a thing for sure. And as we talked about, uh, since that's gotten to be uh, as as college costs have blown out of control, more and more people have chosen to not uh, go the college route. Yeah, and I, I have found, uh, you know, I said earlier I didn't go to college. That's not exactly true. I went for three months um, to college, and in, in my uh, professional career, no one ever asked me if I had a degree. They just asked me where I went to college, and I just told them, and that was good enough. <laughs> you know, so I've, I've been really skating on that for a while. I also didn't graduate high school, so, but people just ask where you went to uh, high school. I'm not necessarily suggesting people do that. I'm just saying, you know, I hate to advocate it, but it works. Right. And I, and I mean, I think, look, uh, I mean, there's clearly, um, you know, uh, let me look at this. I'm trying to look at for a right graphic. I was, uh, so here's what we got. Um, there's an article from a website called uh, educationdata.org. It says that the average cost of college tuition fees at public four-year institutions has risen 179.2% over the last 20 years for an average annual increase of 9%. Well, it's out, uh, outpacing inflation, certainly. Certainly, and that's what I was about to say. It says uh, since 1990, average tuition fee rates have increased 130% after adjusting for inflation. Uh, rising cost of college tuition outpaced the rate of inflation by 171.5 percent. That's interesting. Uh, average cost of tuition fees at private four-year institutions has risen 124.2 percent over the last 20 years. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it, it's uh, annual cost. Uh, to college tuition fees for uh, public schools. This is apparently this is the entire United States. It's ninety three hundred forty nine dollars in twenty twenty. Uh, but if you scroll way back here to roughly the time that I was starting college, uh, that dollar amount is one thousand seven hundred eighty. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I get that. I got to get my slide rule out to figure that out. <laughs> but, That's uh, right. I think I can tell you that sounds like, um, you know, about five times. Yeah, yeah. And, and to your earlier points, they kept, and I, I'd be really curious to where all this money is going too. I mean, are, are, are college professors making that much money? How is this being distributed? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, if you look at it and you divide, uh, you know, college, public four-year college 
cost nationally from when I would have been starting college, which was been the 89-90 school year, to tell you how many hundreds of millions of years old I am, um, <laughs> 1,780 and to 2029, 1,349. That's a 525% growth is what that is. 5.25 times the cost. Uh, And as we said, the benefit has certainly not, uh, our wages have not grown 5.25% you know, times no. what they were in 1990. In fact, our dollar adjusted wages are probably the same as they were in 1990, even for college graduates. So um, it's definitely a situation where there is no bang for that buck, but it is a boat anchor around the neck of everybody that has to borrow. And, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting scenario because so. Uh, you know what we deal with in, in this situation is is the idea that uh, you know, like we said, education is some magical kind of debt that gets special treatment in the law, and you know, the, the average American just gets their you know their brain screwed out by that process. Um, mm-hmm. Just literally, there is nothing that can be done on uh, that scenario. Uh, it's just, you know, you're just stuck with it. And the other thing that's incredibly brutal about it is I've encountered this situation with people who have, uh, you know, gone through the process uh, is, you know, if you default on student loans, um, there's, a, there's a default penalty. Essentially, they double your balance. So, which which makes a lot of sense, right? You couldn't afford to right. pay it in the first. Couldn't afford place. to make the payment, so let's double your balance. Right. So, I would have to assume they're doing that um, because they can sell these guaranteed loans, and it can go all over Wall Street, and people can make money off interest somehow. Someone's making a lot of money off this. Someone has to be, and in. Right, right, no doubt. Or, or because it doesn't make sense for society. The whole system doesn't make sense. Uh, encouraging God and everyone to go get a, a humanities degree, for example. Nothing against anyone who has a humanities degree. Um, I just wouldn't. I, I, if, if I was talking to someone younger than me, I would say, don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes, oh, makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. So to, to hear, here's another thing that would be, um, you know, uh, just for food for thought for all of our octogenarian senators in this country, um, you know, they, uh, <laughs> uh, in 1950, the University of Pennsylvania charged undergraduates $625 for the academic year. For the whole year. Well, there you go. And uh, 60 is the cost of a. Uh, the average cost of attendance at any post-secondary institution in the 60s. Let me get this number. 1815 dollars per year in uh, 1963 and 64. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at some uh, numbers here too, and it's breaking it down by. And that's the cost of attendance. So the cost of attendance is fees, tuition, room, and board. So that's all of it. Cost of two, uh, the uh, 
the 63-64 academic year tuition fees, the average public four-year university total, $243. And so, so going back to a point you made on an earlier episode, because uh, you advocated um, uh, making bank, making um, student death, uh, not death, God, well, I guess that kind of works, Freudian slip, um, student debt. <laughs> um uh, be able to go through the bankruptcy court system. Um, what, so, I, and I know you've said it before, but say again, like what the uh, the benefits uh, for the whole system would be with implementing that sort of forgiveness. Well, you know, you, you gotta. The first thing that you have to understand if you're a consumer in this country and you're not in the uh, top 10% of, of wealth and income earners or, you know, or wealth generally rather than even income because a lot of times wealthy have tremendous assets and, and maybe their income doesn't look like that, but their net worth is monstrous. But the bottom line is, is it's top 10% of the people in this country. They don't give a shit what a price is because they've got so much more than anybody in the lower tiers and they're, they're fine. They're, there's nothing for them to worry about, but you know, for the rest of us, what we're dealing with is, is you know, when these types of massive anti-citizen, anti-consumer pieces of legislation are passed, there's a game plan that's always run. And, and it's the same thing that we saw uh, during my 25 years of practicing law with, you know, these people who want to limit the amounts that, that people can be paid for having their life destroyed by some evil, you know, malicious corporation or, you know, some negligent 18-wheeler driver who is trying to drive for 24 hours straight and falls asleep behind the wheel and, and runs over 14 cars and kills 20 people and, you know, puts people in a wheelchair for the rest of their life and Somebody says, oh, your pain and suffering should be limited to $250,000 for having your entire life taken away. Um, it's the same scenarios that generate those types of laws that generated this you know, non-dischargeability rule for student loans. They take egregious examples of abuse and they say, this is what's happening every day. So the example they used for this non-dischargeability thing was that there were some doctors and some lawyers who were coming out of their professional schools, entering their careers, going out and working for six months to a year, um, and then immediately filing a Chapter 7 bankruptcy on their student loan debt. And in effect, they were getting a free education in the sense that they were, you know, discharging sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of student loan debt. Mm -hmm. And so they took these poster children of abuse of the system, and instead of targeting that problem, they applied that to everyone who is a student loan borrower. Man. And said, no one gets relief. Um, it's like... Uh, 
a very infamous McDonald's coffee cup case where people use that. Everyone knows that case as an example of a yeah. supposedly wildly outrageous verdict, which we won't spend any time talking about with Stella Lee back because I'm not trying to change anybody's mind about that. But oh, I agree point with being you. simply this. Uh, yeah, no, it, not to go any further into that story, but if you actually look it up, it's it's pretty sad. She did suffer anyway. Right. Oh, yeah. She, she was horribly maimed, and the, the evidence in that case was overwhelming. Um, about the malignancy of, of that corporation's interest in making an extra, you know, dollar a pot of coffee um, mm-hmm. that they were willing to maim and kill to do it. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, with the bankruptcy, it's the very same type scenario. We, we just take the wildest, most outrageous example and use that to cripple consumers all over the world, all over the country anyway, and make our laws even more pro-creditor and pro-business than they already are, which is overwhelmingly pro-creditor and pro-business, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, by going back to a scenario where, uh, which our, all our bankruptcy courts already have this, they have the, the ability to challenge a Chapter 7 bankruptcy as being proposed in bad faith. In other words, if you really shouldn't be in bankruptcy, you know, they can force you into a chapter 13 or chapter 11, or they can kick you out of bankruptcy and say, yeah, we're dismissing your case, right? It's Mm -hmm. proposed in bad faith. Um, Instead of trusting the system to address these outlier situations, we create this hard and fast rule. Just everybody gets fucked, right? Right. Not, not the bastards, the whole world. So uh, the simplest solution would have been to just empower bankruptcy judges and and trustees to challenge those attempts to abuse the system. No, we want a one-size-fits-all problem that benefits the world of Wall Street and financiers and uh, creditors and corporations. Fuck everybody. Yeah. And we're going to jam their cost to the moon. And that's what happened. Uh, and so you want to talk about moral hazard. I'm not giving a, an 18-year-old $20,000 worth of student loan debt when they hadn't even made it through a year of school. Yeah. I mean, how many people would loan an 18-year-old $20,000 a year to go to school if they doubted whether or not that, you know, that kid was going to be able to pay back the money contingent on getting an education because – most people that know 18-year-olds who go to college understand that uh, a large percentage of them uh, have a really good time for one semester. At least. And then realize that they really were not cut out for college. <laughs> you know, so, right. Yeah, that's right. I feel slightly like, attacked, laugh. <laughs> right. No, no, no. It's like, uh, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't want anybody to feel personally attacked. But I certainly want people to think about what they've experienced and seen in their own life. Sure. You know, I mean, we I don't, all know those examples of, of folks that went off to college and didn't do well. And, you know, a lot of those people got jammed with a lot of student debt and they never got a degree. Right? I, you know, the question comes, would you be paying those people? Would you be loaning those people $20,000 a year? Uh, if, you know, you didn't have some idea about if you really had to play the odds on are these people truly credit worthy? Sure. What that may mean is that, you know, the federal government 
has to backstop more of that debt or there has to be less of that debt. Or guess what? Hey, maybe costs have to come back down into the realm of affordability. Right. Um, and, you know, when you have all this moral hazard and you can just dump all this debt on people and there's no risk to you because you're going to either sell it off to the government or you're going to package it up in the bonds and sell it off to investors. And, hey, guess what? They're saddled with this for the rest of their life and they can never escape it. And it's just like a debtor's prison economically destroys their life forever. Well, you um, said, uh, uh, think about how many 18-year-olds you would give 20 grand to. Think about how many 30, 40-year-olds you would do that. Say if someone came to you with a business plan uh, that's 30 years old. I mean, it'd be really hard to believe that person. I mean, some people are worthy, but it's certainly not everyone who just had an idea last night, right? That gets 20 grand. That's right. So, you know, it's, it's just, they have, they have an abundance of faith in humanity or more likely they have a lot of greed and they, uh, take advantage of, um, impressionable and stupid people and society puts it on you that you just have to go to college. You just have to go to college, but you really don't, you really don't. It's not, it's, it's right. It, you truly, that that's absolutely correct. You really, you truly don't have to. And there are plenty of people nowadays, especially kind of, I saw something last night, uh, currently have a need for say, 168,000 automobile technicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet it know, pays great. And those guys that, that know how to work on modern-day cars with all their electronics and computers and shit, uh, those guys are the same ones that are hacking the NSA. You know, right. <laughs> those guys know more about computers than, you know, your average computer scientist in some instances. And so, uh, you know, they can hook up to your car and, and make that thing speak to C-3PO if they want to. Right. It's just like, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, those guys make a shit ton of money, and, and they deserve it. And you know, so many they, of those keep, professions. vehicles on the road that otherwise wouldn't be there. So, so many of those yeah. professions you can get entry level, or you can, they'll teach you as, you as you go. Like, you don't even have to take out debt. You have to start on the bottom. But, you know, the, the upside is just so great for those kind of skills. So, um. I, I guess as we were, were running up on 30 minutes, so uh, I haven't even asked you um, if you're in favor of Biden's proposal yourself, Laugh, and you, you're, you're a lawyer. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, look, I, I think that, you know, we talked about in, in when we started this show, we wanted to propose solutions. And this is uh, a finger in the dike of the problem. I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not, I'm not uh, upset that some people, got relief and a certain number of people got complete relief doesn't hurt my feelings at all um i certainly am not standing around saying it's egregious or it's unfair and shame on any of the fuckers who have said that because they're the same fuckers that voted for a multi-trillion dollar tax break for the richest one percent of americans while the rest of us are drowning trying to find the money to buy a damn Happy Meal. So, uh, you know, let those fuckers eat cake for a while. So I look at that. Uh, you know, if we're talking about who's sharing the losses, yeah, you guys uh, with your fucking space trips, you can kiss my ass. I don't feel sorry for you at all. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're complaining about people getting $10,000 student loan relief while you're having a 
one billion dollar yacht built, just fuck off. None of us give a shit what you have to say. Uh, that's that's the bottom line. Yeah, we're trying we're trying to not be homeless down here. Um, yeah, yeah, we like keeping lights on, right. refrigerator. I don't, we are not picking out our fucking countertops for a fucking three hundred foot yacht. No, I don't have time to think about going to Mars either. Um, exactly, and, and, and I, I certainly am not color coordinating my fucking helicopter in my yacht. So kiss my ass. Uh, Although, if anyone wants to sponsor this podcast to get us one step closer <laughs> to the unfucked well, we'll yacht, take your money. we'll take your money. Yeah, yeah that's we right. Just, we, we, we're not. We, we are capitalists in that sense. We will take your mm-hmm. fucking rich ass money. Yeah. So, we'll sponsor us. Go ahead. Checks, checks uh, clear. Uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it, it's. It, I mean, it's not even a band aid, honestly. Right. Uh, it's throwing a cotton ball in a flood. I mean, yeah. Economically speaking, of course. So. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's just something that upsets everyone. And at the end of the day, I mean, some I, like you said, God bless the people that were helped. And if it makes their life easier, it's always nice to see uh, our. Yeah, I, I'm all for government action that does anything for anyone other than the fucking rich because it is so rare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Well, another happy podcast laugh, uh, but at least there was some some action there on the federal government's parts. And uh, I, I could not agree with you more that bankruptcy, um, that being rethought out as it comes to student loans would set the uh, whole I, whole system. I, I mean, look, it's an issue of fairness. There are, there are tons of people in this country who des- deserve relief, who've gone years trying to figure out how to make it happen who need relief. Um, and there are tons of people who have got their student loan money and doing very well and have no problem paying it back and should pay back a penny of it. But, it, you know, the, the, the logic behind, the, you know, not making that debt dischargeable bankruptcy, that would be like saying, um, you know, you lost your job and your house was foreclosed on, but you should still pay your fucking mortgage, even though you got nowhere to live right, and no yeah. chance of getting another place for five to seven years of your own. Um, but you should still pay the mortgage for the house they already took from you and sold to someone else, right? Right, yeah, or they re- repo your car. Although, if they do repo your car, they do make you still pay that. Um, exactly, yeah. and, and they, you know, they can do the same thing if they foreclose on your house. But it, that's my point. It's like it's it's literally the same type of logic and you know the one thing people keep forgetting in their desire to step on other folks and you know revel in their misery is that the one thing that's made this country great uh is the ability to take a risk and know that you had at the end of the day in the worst case scenario the backstop you know to push the plunger and start again and uh, if anybody knows that shit, boy, it's corporate fucking America. Mm. You know, they they will flush some shit in a minute and just leave all of us holding the bag. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, like you said, those countertops and those helicopters and yachts don't pay for themselves. That's right. And if absolutely. you're going to go to Mars, you want it to be comfortable. So, uh, <laughs> uh, that is going to give us time here. Um, next week, I was looking through um, some stuff on CNN. Like I said, I hadn't t- had time to do much prep, but I was just seeing if anything stuck out that we could talk about. Ozzy Osbourne says he's leaving the U.S. because of gun violence. That's in the headlines. Uh, Mexico border. 
uh, sea levels rising. Um, Trump, 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 and all other happy thoughts. Man, right? That's right. We'll 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 be back with another podcast that you can listen to as you go to sleep to make you just comfortable and cozy in your bed. Right? That's what we're for. All right. We're just here, we're just here for that purpose. And that purpose alone. <laughs> all right. That's laugh. I'm Gunner, and uh, we appreciate you checking out Unfucked. Thank you all. Unfucked.com and wherever you get your podcast.